Welcome to Season 4, Episode 2 of Buzzwords, Conversations About Teaching and Learning at SU, where we talk about working, learning, transforming, and performing at Shenandoah University, and maybe even more than that. We'd like to thank our sponsor, SU's Transformative Teaching and Learning Team, led by Karin, that one person who nods along encouragingly during presentations, Lucas. So I'm Scott King, one of our co-hosts today. I teach in psychology. Who else is with me? Melissa? Melissa Smeltzercraft, head women's basketball coach, adjunct professor. Um, yeah, Joseph? <laughs> I can't look at Melissa when Scott's playing his sound effects. That was not cleared <laughs> by Joseph and I, um, but that, I loved it. That was not easy to hold it in during oh, that. Oh, well, either. now I'm going to have to play more if you keep. Oh, good. Uh, Joey Grisiak, director and professor of esports uh, at the university, and uh, sometimes teach, but most of the time not. And uh, we've got a great guest today um, that Scott will get to introduce in just a little bit, uh, but can't go forward without making sure we mention our producer, Sean Kelly, who's the coordinator of esports production at the university, former student, uh, two-year producer of the podcast now. Uh, we have some new music as well, Best Times by Fast Sounds, F-A-S Sounds. Uh, just a little update on some stats for everybody wondering out there. We are now up to 1,590 downloads from subuzzwords.podbean.com, as well as 10, that's right, 10 five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. So make sure to follow, rate, review on Apple Podcasts, borrow your friend's phone, subscribe for them, make sure to get our analytics skyrocketing for us. Scott. Yeah, those 10 reviews, they've been there for a while. I don't think any is newer than one year ago. So let's get some fresh ones out there, listeners. I'm going to do it right now. Oh, that's going to be distracting. But oh, I, I think I, you can I'm handle gonna, it. I'm going to give us five stars because I, <laughs> okay. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so our guest, maybe she'll give us five stars, Dr. Carly Vigna, assistant professor of percussion in the Shenandoah Conservatory. And here's a bit about Carly. She joined SU in 2021, having previously taught at Florida International University and the New World School of the Arts in Miami. During the summers, Carly serves as a percussion faculty member at Interlochen Arts Camp in Interlochen, Michigan. Carly maintains a busy schedule as an orchestral chamber and solo percussionist and has a particular interest in works that incorporate theatrical elements. Performance highlights include several seasons with Palm Beach Symphony, and Florida Grand Opera, as well as performances with Madeira Viva, a bassoon and percussion duo with Dr. Carlos Felipe Vigna. In addition to her teaching and performing, Carly can be heard as a host and producer on the At Percussion podcast, and is proud to serve on the Percussive Arts Society New Music and Research Committee. Carly earned her doctorate in musical arts and percussion performance from the University of Miami as a fellow of the Henry Mancini Institute. She also holds degrees in percussion performance and music education from the Boston Conservatory and the University of Maryland. Carly is proud to endorse Grover Pro Percussion, Marimba One, and Zildjian Cymbals. Welcome, Carly. Hey, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us. So you get to endorse things as part of being... Scott's gonna run here. with this on a personal <laughs> level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, what's I, I'm just curious when I when I read that in the bio, what does that involve? Yeah, so really it means that I'm happy to say I use Zildjian symbols or play marimba one marimba. Do they pay the you to endorse them? Um, everybody's got a little bit different 
deals, but I, you know, get a little bit of support when I do clinics or ah, big performances, cool. that sort of thing. Sometimes I get some mallets or, you know, little things Very in the cool. mail. Yeah. Which is nice, little, little perks, artist, artist perks. Melissa, do you endorse any, like, basketball equipment? Um, no. Um, I'm just, like, blown away by that. It's really cool to yeah. have that support. Um, and I just keep wanting to say hashtag ad at the end of everything you're saying. So I'm just <laughs> trying to bite my tongue on that. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, esports might have, like, Yeah, we have a few. Uh, the chairs. Um, so we were in, in I guess I, I endorse Respawn Gaming chairs, okay. uh, if you will, as well as the equipment that we use, the keyboards and mice, the headsets, the cameras. Um, not quite the same level as Carly has because that's more of a program thing than a me thing, right? So yeah. I haven't ascended to that level yet that Carly's gotten <laughs> to with her expertise. Well, so it's, it's really common in percussion. Yeah. Yeah. I think all professors should be able to do that. Like, yeah. I endorse... I mean, you can. Yeah, but they would have to pay me for it. Okay, that's the part. So you, you can. You just <laughs> like, 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 I would you love. You say that. Yeah, you I can love, say it all you want. Um, yeah, maybe. Okay, Logitech. Logitech, if you're listening, I enjoy using their little remote control laser pointers. Oh. So I'm endorsing Logitech. Let it be known. And I would love a free Logitech laser pointer. Oh, we can give you that. All right. This, this podcast is becoming guy. very commercial oriented. <laughs> so let's, let's uh, <laughs> get back to Carly. So you went to school in florida taught in florida mm -hmm. how's uh your transition to winchester been um well i'm a little cold yes <laughs> i actually i lived in south florida for 10 years um i grew up up north I, I lived in new hampshire so i like when i was thinking about moving up here i was like virginia i can handle that i went to school in maryland i was like maryland was sure. mild because i moved there from New Hampshire, and I was like, yeah, sometimes you don't have to zip your coat in the winter, that's <laughs> yeah. fine, but 10 years in Miami and South Florida. <laughs> kind of ruined you, didn't you. it? Yeah. It changes you, yeah. What wow. brought you to Shenandoah? The job, yeah. Um, well, uh, you know, the academic job market, um, I assume for all fields, but especially music, is, is very challenging. And so there were years after I got my doctorate, I was, I was looking for full-time jobs. I was teaching part-time at different schools in South Florida. Um, and, you know, we were pretty happy with that work, but I was always looking for, like, you know, the, the, right, the right next move. And, um, yeah, it was, it was special. Like, I saw the job posting for the job I have now, and it was the, the only time I ever read a listing that I was like, that's the one, like, that is a special one. Like, they talked to, you know, they, they were asking for specific things, like, that's me. They're describing all of my interests and mm -hmm. areas of expertise, and it doesn't happen all the time. Um, so that was, that was really it. And then I had my campus visit, an interview, recital, all of that. It's a whole, whole, a whole deal, um, April of 2021. And I was like, this is a really special place. And here I am. Cool. You think about career services and what they're telling recent graduates or people looking for jobs post their degrees and it's the opposite of what you experience like hey there's the one this is going to be a match made in heaven and it worked out pretty seamlessly i mean everybody would kill to have that experience to yeah. land the job that they were aspiring towards well for for perspective i finished my dma eight years ago and i got this dream job <laughs> seven years later you know right. so it's yeah. like and and sometimes sometimes that happens sooner sometimes it Never a lot later, yeah. or yeah, you get sidetracked or pulled in another direction, and but that's um, great. That's yeah. a really good story of your sinking. Yeah, that, that is cool. And and Carly, we're we're talking about performers on on this podcast, and you're a performer in multiple ways because not only on percussion, but you are a, a fellow podcaster <laughs> as well and perform on there. Tell us about the podcast that you do. 
Yeah, so, so I've been working on this podcast called the At Percussion Podcast for um, about four years now. The podcast has been going on for longer than that. It was started in 2015, so we've got a lot of, we've got 330-something episodes now. Wow. wow. Um, and we have guests uh, pretty much every week. Every once in a while, we'll do a roundtable with just the host talking about a topic, but um, we've had, uh, you know, so many different guests from different areas of percussion and different stages in their career that we always, you know, every once in a while feels like, wow, this is a lot of work. I'm sure you all feel that way. It's a lot to put together, but then... Joey does um, it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't know if I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> but then, one, it's, it's fun. Right. Um, and two, like, just the amount of things that I've learned that I know makes me a better teacher. I know, like, there's so, so many times I'm in a lesson and I say, like, oh, I remember when we had so-and-so on the podcast and they talked about this, and, and it just enriches me personally and my ability to help students so um that's cool yeah that's i'm grateful for it and it's called at like the at sign percussion yeah well that's the part that's a little confusing sometimes you can't write that yeah write on social media yeah. oh, it yeah. automatically becomes a tag oh, right, which i right. think wasn't anticipated <laughs> before <laughs> before they made that name so sometimes it's written out like at percussion, got it but and it's weekly Monthly? Um, right now we've been doing weekly. There's been periods we do bi-weekly um, when everybody's busy. But, yeah, for now, this fall it's been weekly. Yeah, wow. Yeah. That is a lot. Well, we have a team, a team of four people, sometimes five. So it, it helps, you yeah. know, if I've got a yeah. performance or something coming or just really busy, I can say, hey, I'm going to be out this week. So in your bio, I noticed the name Carlos Felipe Vina. Relation? <laughs> yeah, he's my husband. And so you perform with Carlos. We do. Yeah. Yeah. What's that like? Like being in the same career as your spouse? Well, it's uh, it's both. I think it make, makes it easier because we understand what the other does um, intimately and really know the demands. And you know, when one person says like, "Sorry, like I I I got to practice tonight. I can't hang out." It, it's like. Okay, well, I get that because I'm there sometimes. Um, it can be difficult, too, um, just in the sense of music is a really demanding career path. And, you mm -hmm. know, and so that means the two of us are, you know, we're, we're really involved in our work um, personally and professionally, and, and so that has its challenges, too. But playing together specifically is... Uh, it's uh, really amazing and rewarding, and also sometimes the process is difficult. Um, I don't know if, if any of you have done work with your spouse, but sometimes it's easy. I, I do this. I'm guilty of this. I can take <laughs> things personally. You know, like, uh -huh. yeah. hey, uh, uh, do you, do you want to try that better? <laughs> you know, those <laughs> kinds of rehearsal <laughs> talks. It's never quite like that, but, you know, that can be um, challenging, too, just being in that kind of work relationship. But it's, it's always worth it because the... Uh, the moments that we play together are kind of magical. That's like cool. There's nothing, yeah. nothing else like that, like that, yeah. you know, wordless musical communication with somebody that you know so well. So really yeah. cool. I haven't had that experience. My, my wife and I worked at a summer camp together. Oh which yeah, is where we that's met. That's how you met. Ah. So that's about the closest we get to working together. Yeah, I was thinking, like, besides you know, parenting, like the only working together we've done is like planning our wedding. Right, which was oh, I didn't help well with that at all. Big. That was fifteen <laughs> years ago. <laughs> I wasn't involved in that whatsoever. <laughs> but like you know, you, you you learn quickly. Like, oh, I need to do this, and I need to do this well, and I need to let the other person do what they do well, and you know, not give them any suggestions about how to do stuff better, which is hard for me because I'm <laughs> I'm like, oh, why don't you do this? Why don't you do this? And I I still struggle with that. 
Ashley and I have only worked together in our relationship, but obviously working together is more of an umbrella under athletics. Obviously we're running our own kind of independent programs, but something that comes up in our house more so Ashley directed at me is I need you to be my spouse right now, not a fellow coach. Yeah. Does that happen with you? Um, some sometimes yeah i would say there are times that like we talk about our days and um, students and you know or this piece or whatever and one of us will try to like give advice and sometimes i've learned to say you know like just just listen right. <laughs> yeah i'm guilty of that yeah does he teach as well he does um well we we both we both taught together too in florida we were both at fiu and at new world school of the arts and some other schools um so we kn- he teaches bassoon, of course, and I taught percussion. We never like had to co-teach or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really separate, but um, but you know the shared shared stories of guess what so and so said today or <laughs> 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 we know work with all the same people. <laughs> well, shall we hear a sample of Carly performing? I would love to, and I and I wish that people could see this because we we got a sneak peek of this before we started recording. And yes, this is the a sound YouTube is amazing, clip. but if you could see what she's doing and how she's holding the batons, am I saying the right the batons? Mallets, mallets. mallets. <laughs> <laughs> holding the mallets, it's it's really really incredible. All right, so she is playing in this piece a vibraphone, and I'm gonna play it now. That was amazing. So for the viewers, she's got two mallets in each hand, sort of shaking them back and forth. Good, know good description. <laughs> hitting, you know, hitting multiple keys. Uh-huh. What, what do they call yeah, on the bars. vibraphone? She's yeah, just multiple bars at the <laughs> whole time. Just wondering how Carly's turns that we are <laughs> <laughs> This is why we're having the performing season because <laughs> we we know nothing about conservatory. Well, it's it's deals. refreshing because I live in. The conservatory bubble, right. specifically right. this percussion world, so much that uh, that it's nice to talk about it with yeah, normal, with with very ignorant, with very ignorant <laughs> regular people. So that piece was our Guru Seven by yep. Alvin Singleton, and that was part of a virtual concert that you did. That was yeah, yeah. That was when um, you know everybody was doing these living room recordings for mm-hmm. a while during the pandemic because everything was canceled and. Um, yeah, that was when I did when I was at FIU. The they were doing a new music concert series, and so they asked me to do a full, you know, hour or so um, solo percussion recital. Which uh, you could do it two ways: you could either live stream the entire thing, like from your living room, or you could pre-record everything. And just with the the challenge of percussion setups, it was a lot simpler. Um, you know, I did the vibraphone piece and maybe I would record for like a month. I was doing two pieces per weekend in the mm-hmm. living room and different setups, different instruments. So I'm glad we can have live concerts now. Yeah. That was a, was a lot. I like, I like that all these it videos cool, are yeah, up, right. but, um, and actually we were able to like play and reach people with music in a really challenging time. But, um, yeah, I'm grateful we can have live concerts with audience members in, in front of us now. That, what a difference that makes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, in the percussion world, what's that called when you hold multiple mallets in one hand? It is uh, very simply four mallet technique. Oh, the four <laughs> mallet technique. Because you've got you know two mallets in each hand, and it's really it's really common on marimba and on vibraphone. Um, 
especially solo and chamber repertoire, but sometimes we have to use it like an orchestral large ensemble mm. settings too. Um, and it has become, I would say in the last 40 or 50 years, it's gone from being something like very specialized that some people do to something that every college percussion student does and most of them now come in having already done it in high school. Oh, wow. It's kind of a yeah. standard now. Yeah, it's totally standard. Like wow. it, it will be part of the curriculum unless, it, you know, some, some percussion students, like if our, our students here have the option to major in jazz and if they're majoring mm -hmm. in jazz, then they only play drum set except for two semesters of 30-minute lessons that they take with me and they'll learn a little bit of this stuff, but it's, it's much more focused on drum set, so... Very Everybody cool. else, classical percussion majors, that's just become normal. Yeah. And it goes well. up to six, right? Some people play with six. I, I, I've never seen eight. Ooh. I've never seen eight. And it's an amazing sound. I mean, imagine you're standing in marimba and you can have six. One player can play six notes. Like, it's so rich and, and kind of just heavy. Like, it's like a warm blanket. But uh, <laughs> it's really hard to manipulate. Yeah. Well, it looks really cool. Well, thanks. Joey and eSports, could that be a thing in the future? Like what? <laughs> holding <laughs> multiple controllers at, I at mean, a once? Wii, you kind of got two with the Wii. Yeah, play that, yeah. But no, most of it's keyboard and mouse. You're not going to play right. two at once anyway. Could you have, would it do any good to have like two keyboard? Well, no. No, no. Because you only got two hands. True. I guess. Until we get more of those, it's going to be tough <laughs> to play multiple keyboards. <laughs> no, I don't think, I don't think we're as advanced as, as Carly is. And people coming in with the four, the four technique and, Moving up to the six. No, it's really cool. And again, if people get a chance to, to see this, look it up. I mean, look it up on YouTube. It's, it's, it's actually really, really cool. Um, so uh, I guess we can move on to our kind of standard segments that we do every week. And we'll start with the one that everybody gets to chime in with, which is our highs and lows, where everybody gets to talk about their best and the worst events from the previous month. And uh, we won't go in any particular order, but uh, Melissa, let's start with you. Yeah, my I would say my high is we just started basketball practice on Saturday, October 15th. That's kind of the standardized date on the calendar. So we were able to spin fall break into extra basketball. Yay. Yay. So um, <laughs> just super excited to get started. Um, the men's and women's basketball programs are the last two of the 22 teams to get started in a formal capacity because all the spring sports already had their fall season so I've just watched everybody else go oh. and I'm like oh my gosh I want to go out there and be out there with our women um so it's just been great it's been a really great uh start I'm really excited we graduated six from last season we have seven new um students so it's been it's been really exciting and I'm just happy to be back in the gym needless to say I would say my low is and I felt this actually walking in is like I feel like we're not in a rhythm and I miss you guys and I feel like, oh, like this, this podcast yeah this yeah. podcast like it's 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 we're doing it a little bit less and I guess we've we're only in our second episode of this season but I'm looking forward to catching a rhythm with you guys but I do miss seeing you every other week that's my low. it feels like it's a lot longer like the month in between yeah it yeah. feels it feels long yeah agreed yeah so I, I agree with that. Um, <clears throat> okay, I'll go, I'll go next on the highs and lows. We'll just go around the table, whatever. Um, best thing from the last month, I got to travel a lot, which was cool for me. Uh, my wife, not so happy. Uh, <laughs> but I got to go to South Korea um, to speak on a panel out there, as well as Amsterdam. We just got wow. back from Amsterdam a couple of days ago with students. Uh, and so, you know, Scott and I have, have always gone back and forth on, hey, where are you going this time? Where are you going this time? And, and so it's, it's always fun to get to travel and see new places. Um, so that was that was a lot of fun. The plane rides not so fun. Um, Sixteen hours to South Korea wasn't the best, but um, 
really cool country and uh, it was cool to kind of be in that culture and eat very 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 different food for a few days um and then my lows are or my low is uh my, my baseball team got eliminated from the playoffs the braves just got eliminated from the playoffs so i wasn't real happy about that defending world champs and uh, we are out of the playoffs by a division rival so not so happy about that but if that's the worst thing that happened in the last month i mean we'll take it yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry you couldn't get chicken nuggets in South Korea. Definitely. Well. Yeah, I didn't get chicken nuggets yeah. over there. How was Korean Amsterdam? fried chicken is really good. <laughs> How was Amsterdam? Amsterdam is, is great. Right, well. He doesn't Follow remember anything else. So. No, I'm trying <laughs> yeah, to think. Well, I, I feel like the, you've been over there. I, I, see the, I feel the, like the, the last turning. time you went, you got back right before a podcast, or maybe you had missed a podcast because you were there. And then you had, uh, I don't know, you had some stories that we couldn't tell on the podcast. I don't have any good stories this time. I mean, we, we went we went through the red light district, as you do when you're just sure. walking around. Um, and, you know, it's it exists. And people smoke pot starting about 8 in the morning. Um, and you just it smells like Amsterdam all the time over <laughs> there. Um, you can't open your window. Because they're not only smoking pot, they're smoking like, um, like cigarettes as well. Yeah. Just a lot. Just kind of a European thing. There's a lot of smoking. So I got to keep my window closed the whole time. Um, but no, Amsterdam is, is a lot of fun. It's a really cool country. Um, everybody's very open and everybody speaks English very well. So it's easy to get around and do stuff. The food is okay. Um, they eat a lot of fish. Um, some of it not, not really cooked. It's yeah. like raw fish. So I'm not a big fan of the texture. Uh, but they have something called bitter balls, which are delicious. Hmm. It's basically fried beef stew. Oh, that is what it tastes good. like. Like little balls of like fried beef stew. It's so good. Um, so I ate a lot of those. So I gained about seven pounds while I was there. Okay. Between the Belgian beers and the bitter balls. <laughs> did not treat me well. I'm choosing to not speak right now. <laughs> <laughs> like Noted. Um, All right, go ahead, Scott. My highs and lows. My high uh, is just that the weather's been pretty good, meaning that I've been able to, like, be outside a lot. I've been running a lot. And just, you know, having the freedom to, like, go for a long run on a Tuesday morning when I don't have to teach. Like, that's just a just a great, um, you know, fortunate, like, blessing of being a professor is that you can take off a couple hours to go to go run. Uh, my low is relating to that, which is just looking at my calendar this morning. Uh, in the next month, I'm going to have zero time to go run or zero time for a lot of other stuff because advising is starting and in psych we are getting close to like the exercise science level of workload i i added up all of the minutes that i'm going to be in advising meetings and it's like 27 hours that i'll be meeting one-on-one -on -one with students over the next like 27 days um like in the next month so between now and our next podcast i'm just going to be advised out and i enjoy these meetings they're they're great to get to know our students personally and help them with their uh you know with their future plans and classes but i mean there's so many so long That's a lot 27 hours of and it's all on zoom of just oh. managing zoom conversations and you know, going on to Hornet Hub, and every time you log on to Hornet Hub now, you got the two-factor authentication. Right, every time, every time. <sighs> it's making me anxious just thinking about it. <laughs> um, Carly, how about you? Well, now I'm grateful because it sounds like I don't have nearly as many advisees as you, you do. I most, most people, except for exercise science and maybe bio, do not have as many. Yeah, I, I do undergrad brass performance majors. Brass? 
Yeah, How we come? mix it up. Hmm. So it's yeah. kind of okay. like I get to have a, a you know a working relationship with students that aren't my students that I see all yeah. the time. So it's kind of just one more point of contact that they get with a faculty member. Um, but anyway, there's not uh, nearly that many. You're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> What's your um, high and low? What? What's your high and low? Hi. Um, yeah, the, the, the actually something really amazing happened in the last week, a week ago today. So this was October 12th. Um, I got to play a concert with two of my amazing colleagues, um, Garrick Zoder, who teaches clarinet, and Akemi Takayama, who teaches violin. Um, they'd be amazing guests if you want to have, if you don't already have them lined up. They would. Um, they because might be on our list. That I imagine they are. Mm-hmm. Um, we put together a chamber concert, involved some students. We had one, one piece that was percussion ensemble with solo clarinet, several pieces for clarinet and marimba. Uh, we got some percussion students involved in that. Then we played this um, epic, amazing trio written by Kevin Putz called In Legions Will Rise for clarinet, marimba, and violin, which was uh, one of the reasons we put this concert together because we, we did it last spring and we're like, I want to do it again. Like It's just so such an enormous undertaking but so rewarding Um, so we did that and it was just great and it kind of highlighted so many of the things that I think are wonderful at Shenandoah and one of which is collaboration and having these amazing colleagues to make music with and Mm -hmm. you know being being here so that was great that was a week ago I'm super happy we got to do it Um, and for my low um, I'll just make fun of myself for a minute because the night after this concert you know sometimes your body like after a big event is just like so tired I was taken out the trash, and I fell and rolled my ankle and oh. skinned my knee, oh. and I was like, oh, like <laughs> really? And, and I had two thoughts, like, this is awful, how inconvenient, and then also, like, I'm so glad this didn't happen 48 hours earlier, right, because yeah. I would not have been able to play. Um, so, I, you know, I guess a small high within this low is I got to spend fall break mostly on the couch with my dog, and that's go. not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> Yeah, it could be worse. Yeah. All right, Hornet hot take. This is your chance right now. Yeah. You can rant about anything. And are, are we going to solve the thing that I rant nope. about? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> we just, we just, <laughs> no, just listen to That is not on. the point <laughs> of this podcast. <laughs> okay, so here's here's the thing that I'm here to complain about. Well, not that I'm here just to complain, but um, email. I don't love email. Um, and sometimes I... I fantasize about what it would have been like to be a college professor in the days before email. Yes. Because I, I, I imagine imagine people had to spend more time in their office at their desk and just be more like in person, physically available. Um, and I do like the flexibility of if I've got a morning off and I can do a bunch of emails from home, that's nice. But um, yeah, email is not my favorite part of the it's job. It's awful. It's not, yeah. It is awful. And that's what Cameron McCoy, our program here, says just the same going thing. To say that. I was he just hates say that. email. Yeah. I have felt a rebirth about email since Cameron ranted about email to not feel tied to email. Yeah. And it has, it's helped me a lot not feel like that is dictating my success rate, the inbox. Right. Right. So thank you, Cameron, for helping. Yeah. Break <laughs> me from those changes. Now you have to go back and listen to Cameron's episode I at the end to. of last school year. And uh, yeah. 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 A lot Some of people feel the way you're feeling right yes. now. Sometimes so we are not going to solve it. You just got to work through this alone, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm old enough that when I was a student in college, we didn't have email. <laughs> like more, in, in the late 90s, well, we, we had Telnet which was like this MS-DOS-based email where you didn't even use a mouse. You had to type like Control-R to read 
any oh. new um, new email that you got. But but we never emailed our professors, and if you had to talk, you know, you went to the office and and had a conversation. If you were absent, you were just absent. Like there was no like emailing ahead of time. I don't and and nobody and everything functioned. That's right. that's the thing. Things like everything happened. functioned well. Think work still got done. Yeah, work yeah. still got yeah, you done. Still communicated with people. You know, we d- we didn't have Canvas, of course, any of that. Like you just submit. You know, you do take your test and then you get your test back, like in your campus mailbox. When it would get graded, it would get you know right, sent yeah. to you like as a hard copy. And you know, none of this like 11:59 p.m. due date on right. Canvas. Right. right. It was right. Like just had to bring yeah, you bring it to class. class. You yeah. bring it to class. Right. Plop it on the desk. And that was it. Yeah. Simpler times, I suppose. (laughs) 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 That's good. No, I think we can all rant about that when we all (laughs) kind of feel the pain on that one. So we'll move on to your your buzzword breakdown. We can talk about a buzzword that you try to embody in your work at SU. Okay. I have two. One of them I already mentioned. The first was uh, collaboration. Good one. uh, Yeah, collaboration. It just feels like it's something I, I haven't interacted with folks too much outside the conservatory so y'all can tell me what you feel but it's something that is like so vibrant throughout the conservatory even within divisions within Hmm. you know music and theater and dance like if if you have an idea and you want to involve other people in it chances are here you're gonna get an enthusiastic yes which is super cool Um, with the the percussion ensemble concert last spring we had a collaboration with three dancers um, which was just amazing you know and, and I remember Send in the emails, uh, email again. E- sometimes email is a good thing, but send in the emails to, to dance faculty. Do you think you might have students that are interested in collaborating with us? And I didn't know if they were gonna be like, yes or no, or like, I don't have time for this, but um, they did, and they did such a good job. So collaboration is just such a, an important thing. And I think there's something special about being here in our little bit smaller community, um, you know, a, a little bit not isolated from the outside world, but mm-hmm. you know, people were like, we're not in a big city where people are gigging and doing a million things outside. Like here is our chance to work together. And mm-hmm. so um, I found that's really wonderful with colleagues and with students just wanting to collaborate and create something different. So that brings me to the second word, um, which is innovative, which I, I think um, mm. I mentioned earlier about that job listing when I saw the, the job listing for SU and the a percussion teacher. Um, they were really looking for somebody forward-thinking because the musical landscape and the, the jobs that are going to be available for students in 10, and 20, 30 years are way different from what was available when I was in school or w- even what is available right now. Um, and so it's one of the things I really value about our work in the conservatory is we're looking for what skills do our, ne- our students need to be competitive and have viable rewarding careers in the future and what what you know how can we tie in Mm -hmm. um, work that prepares them for that so I see a whole lot of that with some changing programs and new programs Um, I don't know if y'all know about we have this contemporary I always get the the it's got an acronym there's an acronym Mm -hmm. we love acronyms contemporary (laughs) musicianship (laughs) and entrepreneurial development I think that's it CMED um, which is it's kind of opening opportunities I don't work directly with that program but I think it's a a great (laughs) idea Um, or we're shifting our jazz studies program a little bit to involve commercial music to popular music um, which is I think something that largely has already been done but now it's formalized and students see that so just the the ways where our our music production and recording technology Mm. um, that program is really strong and helps students be prepared for a lot of careers beyond um, 
when I was in school, mostly it was you were a performance major or an education major, so you were going to try to make a living te uh, playing or teach, Teaching, you know, right. in K through 12. Um, and that was kind of, you know, that was standard, and now there's just so many more options. We have a great music therapy program, um, ways to be involved in the arts and, and in music and also have, you know, a viable career path with, like, a salary and benefits. Yeah, that's and good. You know, those sorts of things. So um, that's what I see and I really value. And again, you know, with the, uh, along with the collaboration, when I want to do a project that is different, that is like, I've, I'm going to talk about this a little later, I think, but I've been really involved with theatrical percussion, um, which is pretty innovative. Some other people are doing it, but incorporating like non-musical elements into performance. Um, and I've, you know, done some of these things with students here in the past year. And, you know, sometimes I'm expecting a little resistance, like, this is really weird. I don't understand it. I don't want to do this, or, you know, or it's really hard. I'm not sure. But it, like the response I got from students last year was, this is really interesting. I want to learn more. Let's dig into it. And cool. so that's been really nice that just as a whole, I find our community to be so both collaborative and innovative. Yeah. Well, I think collaborate we've had as a buzzword. Innovate. Yeah. I don't I don't think we've had that one. So that's a good. I'm glad I went with two then. So yeah, it wasn't good just double. repeating good, one. Good, yeah. good title of the episode, Sean. <laughs> Scott, I look Innovate. forward to you coming up with an acronym for all the buzzwords. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like all 26 of them. Just yes, get to work on that, would you? Uh, ask it forward. So this is the first what? time. Oh. Superlatives. Oh, I, I just skipped you. That's okay. Oh, my As gosh. I'm the do. worst. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got so excited. I mean, we probably could have rolled with it and done you superlatives after. You probably could have not embarrassed it. me to all of our <laughs> listeners. This is the professional level of this podcast <laughs> that, we, that we try to achieve every day, Carly. I was very excited, sorry. Um, so the superlatives segment, Carly, tell us about your blank performance ever, where you fill in the blank and then tell us about that performance. Yeah. So I think your blank is most fearless performance. Yeah, that's, so tell what, us about that's that. what we're going to talk about. And this is where I... I, I mentioned, I'm going to talk more about theatrical percussion. Um, so my most fearless performance um, is when, it, it's been almost 10 years actually, um, nine years maybe, it was when I was still doing my doctorate and um, I was doing this piece with a couple of my classmates. It's a trio, three, three performers, and it is, just to set the scene for you, a theatrical trio that is 30 minutes long and involves all kinds of playing different percussion instruments, but also stage direction and hmm. just so many elements. We were using our voices in different ways. It's, it's a kind of wild out there piece. Um, but since it's theatrical and it's 30 minutes long, it pretty much all had to be memorized. Now, sometimes musicians perform from memory. Sometimes they don't. Percussionists, we can tend to do it more maybe than other instrumentalists, but um, it depends. But the, it, 30 minutes it was, like, was like a lot. So the first time that we performed this, it was on one of my doctoral recitals. Um, and we had, I think we started working on it like in January and maybe the performance was in March or April. And so it was a big undertaking. And um, we're like a couple weeks out from the performance. And, w you know, I, I realized I was like, I don't know if I can memorize this. There's some really complicated stuff in the marimba. And so do you all know what transparencies are? Like for a slide projector? Yeah, that, that you the used to use that your math yeah. teacher like oh wrote yeah. on with yeah. the markers, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they yeah. still make those. Um, and so I went to Staples or whatever and, and got some of the music copied on transparency paper. So nobody would know it was there, but I could just have it. Like we had all these tables and props and things that we were using. And you could just put the transparency there and kind of read it without anybody knowing you have music. So later we, we did the piece more and we didn't need that. But um, there was like a couple passages. I was like, I can't cram it in my 
brain. I just need this. Um, so I had this, and, and we were playing, and I don't know, this might be like two-thirds of the way through the piece, and it's just so exhilarating. And we get to a point where I had to read uh, the marimba part on the transparency, and there was a moment of panic because I looked down right on cue, and I realized the transparency is backwards <laughs> and <laughs> upside down. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. And I've watched this moment in the recording like a bunch of times because you see it like you can I see, see a flash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And then instantly I'm like, well, I got to just keep going. Um, and I did, and I nailed I didn't have any mistake, but I'm looking and like I can't read anything. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's, it just it didn't, it didn't work. And so I realized... Um, I had to stay in character there because it was a theatrical piece. Mm -hmm. And so physically and emotionally, I wasn't playing as myself. You know, I was, I was adopting this character. Um, and that is what helped me get through that moment because I was like, I can't show the audience for the flash of a second that I'm hesitating or mm -hmm. that I don't know. Like, they, they can't know this behind-the-scenes mistake that I made that, uh, you know, basically I'm... I might just forget everything. Um, and so I trusted myself and I was like, I gotta just do it. And it was like this complicated thing and it was in unison with one of the other players. And so it would have been so obvious if I messed up the rhythm or like it would have been so easy and so obvious to do that. And it didn't happen because I was like, I'm just, I, j I just gotta, I've gotta do it now. And um, I found, so you read my bio and you talked about, talked about how I've been interested in theatrical percussion. And I, I found over the years that pieces that incorporate um, movement or, you know, acting or vocalization, any of these things um, forces me to adopt a character and I feel more comfortable on stage than if, if you know, I'm just going on and I'm playing a yeah. snare drum or yeah. playing marimba just, at, you know, hello, I'm Carly Vina and I'm going to play this now. Um, and so it taught me doing those pieces, it's, it's still a small part of what I do, you know, it depends on the season, but maybe like 20% of what I do max. More of what I do is playing with orchestras and playing normal percussion, you know, vibraphone, marimba, timpani, snare drum. Um, but some of the work that I do still is theatrical and it has taught me for all the other times that I'm playing regular percussion to have this kind of fearlessness and it's mm. like, well, I am this character. I'm not, you know, if, if you walk yeah. out on stage and you're yourself, sometimes that, f that you have a sense of like, well, I'm nervous, you know, I'm Maybe I'm feeling 100% prepared, but maybe I wish I had two more weeks to work on this. Mm -hmm. or, you know, like, or, or those thoughts like, is the audience going to like this? Is this going to be okay? Are they going to think it's good? You can have all, like, just going out as yourself, you have all those thoughts, and that's part of the package. But when I'm able to kind of walk out and be like, I am this character, it's a really powerful thing. So that was, I, I still, I think back to that, like, that was such a big lesson for me. Um, almost 10 years ago, and it's probably my most remarkable performance, too, just having that feeling wow. of, like, no hesitation, like, I just got to go, I got to do this. <laughs> I'm not, you know, it's like the worst thought when you're on stage and you think, um, you know, uh, like, a couple, couple of thoughts most musicians will tell you are, like, death in a performance is, this is going really well. I haven't made any mistakes yet. That's horrible because that's when you make <laughs> a mistake. Right? I it haven't missed a free coming. throw all season. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst thought. Or just like, oh, I hope I, I hope I get through this really hard spot. Like hard spots coming up. I hope I don't mess yep. it up. Like it's the worst. And um, that's one way for me to be able to get around, like sidestep those yeah, thoughts because yeah. the character doesn't doesn't have room for that. So. Hmm. Scott, may I go? As you wish. 
Okay, so this is our first time with a question queued up for our guests, so I'm excited. Um, <laughs> Scott, what's your vision here? Do you want me to ask the Ryan question, and then we'll ask Carly? Let's ask the Ryan questions for first. Ash. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. So, Carly, Ryan's question for you, and you said that you listened to this last night, so that was awesome. What's your favorite bird? Yeah. Go for that, and then I'll ask you the second one. <laughs> yep, yep. So this is totally a Ryan question. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask him later what his favorite bird is. Um, I have two. One is a little bit of a serious one. Um, cardinals are really nice, and that reason is because my, my grandmother really loved cardinals. And, you know, sometimes you know people that they like, like I know somebody that said they love elephants, and so everybody gets some elephant-themed gifts forever. <laughs> right. My grandmother had a house full of cardinal stuff. Oh, um, nice. She passed away a few years ago, um, but it's always in our family. It's been like a, a visit from grandma if you see a cardinal. Very so it's cool. nice that we see more cardinals here than in South yeah. Florida. That's yeah, we do sure. see a lot. See them in the backyard all the time. Um, and then the, the other bird that came to mind was a penguin. I've always liked penguins just because mm. they're, they're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> kind of quirky and weird, but... <laughs> Cool bird. You don't see a lot of penguins in Winchester. Do not. No, no. What What's a pivotal moment you felt? What's a pivotal moment you felt your life change? Yeah, this is a really good question. Um, yeah, for me, the probably the most pivotal thing um, professionally or as far as my career goes was uh, was my sophomore year of undergrad. So I was a music education major. Um, at the beginning, my my thought was I'm like I loved high school band. I was like I'm going to be a band director. That was my plan. That's why I chose that major. Um, but I got to school in my first year. It's like actually I love percussion, and if I mm. like I want to teach, but if I can find a way to play and teach just percussion, that'd be great. And so sophomore year, I went in for my first lesson. It was with a new teacher that year. Um, his name is John Tafoya, and he was, at the time, he was the principal timpanist in the National Symphony. Um, and he, he said in that first lesson, he, he was like, something to the, f the effect of, are you interested in getting your master's in, in percussion performance? And uh, my answer was, well, yeah, like, I didn't realize that was an option for me. And he's like, yeah, but, you know, he kind of opened that door, and he said, if you're interested, like, you better start working now. And I was like, okay, cool. And I, I just, you know, sometimes as professors, I think we underestimate the impact we can have on students and those little conversations about, you know, advising conversations mm -hmm. or conversations about what does your career look like in the future? Because he just opened that door where um, I, I think I would have enjoyed being a high school band director, mm -hmm. but I enjoy what I do now, I'm sure, infinitely more. Um, open that door for like, this is a path for you and I'm gonna help you towards where you wanna be for this path, which was just amazing. So um, I ended up, of course, going and, and getting my master's in performance and then I decided I wasn't done after that and I got my doctorate in performance and it was like, as long as I can keep doing this and you know make a living teaching and playing percussion, I'm happy. So that was a really pivotal yeah. moment. Yeah. Excellent. What's your question for our next guest? In the spirit of uh, Ryan's questions, I have two. The first <laughs> yeah. one is partially for my own personal gain because as I still feel relatively new to Winchester. So my first question is, what's your favorite restaurant in Winchester? Um, just because I'm always looking for more places. Um, and then the second one is I want to know about her pregame ritual. I'm really interested in uh, you That's know the, the superstitions yeah. or the... the routines that we have to feel like you know we're ready and in optimal 
mental and physical state for what we do. So, and a great question because today is game day. Oh, so in the have we said who the next guest is? Ashley Smeltzergraf. Did we? Right. I knew that. Did you know that? <laughs> I knew that. Okay, sorry. We, okay. That might have been in the pre-talk. <laughs> but not, not I don't know. I don't know, know if we that. said it on air. Okay, I apologize. That's okay. Scott, I have two shirts now. Scott, <laughs> just take me out back. Usually, it's Joey out. that's that's messing I've up. I've done here. nothing right today. <laughs> Yes, Ashley Smeltzercraft is going to be our next guest. Um, so Carly had two good questions. Those would be great to her. hear. I'm interested. I'm sure you know what both of those are, Melissa, or you at least have guesses for what those are. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm really interested to hear these. <laughs> All right, Carly, we're bringing it to a close here. Anything you want to plug? Any events you got coming up? Oh yeah. Tell well, us. The next thing for me is uh, I'm going to Indianapolis in a couple of weeks for the Percussive Arts Society. Hey, my hometown. Convention. Yeah? Yeah. The I have some natties. Scotty. It's where the convention is every year. So um, every November I make a pilgrimage out there. I'll, cool. I'll be doing a clinic, and actually I'm going to perform our Guru 7, a piece that you had Oh, that same one. Very cool. All right. Uh, I got selected to perform at the convention. So that's my next big thing, but unless you're going to be in Indianapolis, then... Um, I won't you know. be. <laughs> <laughs> my, my parents will be there. Most of our <laughs> listeners, I'm sure, will not be. Um, so the next next big thing on campus is the Percussion Ensemble is going to play November 30th at oh, cool. 7.30 p.m. in Armstrong Concert Hall. So our Percussion Ensemble concerts are some of the most fun ones that, that we do because it's, yeah. it's collaborative and we get to do this innovative new music and I just we have so much fun. So I'm looking forward to that. That's the next, next big on-campus thing for me, I think. All right, listeners, check that out. Our sponsor of today's episode is the Office of the Registrar, who wants midterm grades before you hear this. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening to this and you haven't turned in your midterm grades yet, go ahead and do it, or else good friend of the pot, Emily Hollins, will be quite upset. Send in those grades. Our email, buzzwords at su.edu. Send us something. The last email in there is from Cameron from like May 24th, uh, just saying he was excited to be on the pod. So let's uh, get something newer in there than a few months ago. Our website, subuzzwords.podbean.com. Next month, as I've already stated, we have Ashley Smeltzer-Craft, head coach for field hockey, assistant athletic director, and senior woman administrator, as well as Melissa's wife coming to speak with us, a star performer in her own right. Thank you, Carly, for being our guest. Thanks so much for having me. Until next time, keep, keep on, on buzzing. buzzing.